Welcome to the future of XYZ. I'm your host, Lisa Grelnick, principal and founder of LVG & Co., an independent strategy consultancy based in New York City. Through quick and candid conversations with innovative leaders, we aim to foster new thinking and explore big questions about where we are as a world and where we're going. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Future of XYZ. We have uh, the honor of speaking with Kevin Lang about the future of ag tech. Kevin, welcome to the program. Thanks, Lisa. I am a big fan and recent subscriber of your program, so keep up the good work. Thank you very much. Well, I'm excited to have this conversation. I think ag tech is, you know, one of these very um, mysterious subject matter for a lot of people. And at the same time, there are billions of dollars being poured into the investment sphere. And and perhaps the future of ag tech is the future of agriculture in many ways. Um, sure. So let's just quickly, I mean, you know, you obviously have a long background. We'll get into it. You were started as an engineer at John Deere. You've done consulting for Deloitte Monitor. Uh, you were seconded to the World Economic Forum in terms of emerging tech, but you've now been the CEO and president of AgriPoint, which is an ag tech firm. And we'll talk a little bit about what you guys do, which was founded in 2012, but you joined just about two years ago. So tell me first, I mean, what is ag tech by your definition? Sure. No, we'll uh, we'll dig into that. Uh, so ag tech, it's probably one of the more easy tech suffix terms to actually interpret and understand. So, you know, unlike deep tech or clean tech, Ag tech is really just trying to uh, apply technology to agriculture. So how do we cultivate land and soil to produce food, um, other nature-based products to support a thriving society? So it's really as simple as that. And then to break it down um, even further, I like to think about it just as a very simple equation. So on the, the top side of that equation, we're trying to maximize the productivity of an area, of an area of land. So how can we extract the most out of uh, the, the most high quality kind of nutritious food fruits, vegetables, uh, nuts, and uh, cereal crops. And then on the other side of the equation, how do we decrease the amount of inputs that are used? So how do we reduce use of things like fertilizer, pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, and uh, in general, just reduce the environmental footprint of, of farming. And so um, an element of that is just preserving the soil for not just this season, but also, you know, future uh, generations and seasons. So, um, you know, a large part of, of agriculture today is how do we implement sustainable farming and uh, build towards this more harmonious, holistic, and then uh, another word you'll hear is regenerative uh, approach to farming uh, going forward. And then, you know, the, the last kind of more, more recent uh, piece or calculus in this equation uh, is really on the carbon front. So, um, you know, carbon uh, plants are a very good engine to sequester carbon into the soil. So, you know, using the photosynthetic capabilities of a plant, you know, how can we capture carbon, you know, take it out of the atmosphere and actually deposit those molecules in the soil. So there's a, a whole like, burgeoning industry and in, um, around this technology. And so you'll start to see ag tech start to kind of overlap and um, enter, enter with, um, with climate tech as, as yes. well. So, but yeah, essentially ag tech, we're using technologies to address that equation, maximize land productivity and reduce the amount of inputs required. It's so interesting. I, I've, I, you know, I think about ag tech and, you know, you think about what modern farming is becoming and it's becoming perhaps far more Silicon Valley-esque 
than, you know, I, I don't know what we think about traditional farming, but of course there are around the world and we're seeing it obviously because of, you know, climate change, we're seeing because of war um, that, and, and water supply and all this kind of stuff. You're seeing that there are small farms and there are very, very, very big commercial farms. This holds true in America as well. And ag tech has historically really looked at like the bigger farms, right? I mean, that's where it's been accessible. And yet what we're starting to see is this, you know, as you say, it's about efficiency and sustainability, but as well as ultimately about profitability for these farms to be able to provide us our food or our feed or whatever it is that they're producing. Um, so how do we, like, when we think about like access and pricing, you know, like to ag tech, like how do we even think about ag tech availability at this moment? Yeah, um, so great question. And that has been one of the uh, the biggest hurdles to ag tech implementation is just cost and access. So it's been, you know, traditionally some Silicon Valley companies, uh, software engineers or hardware manufacturers that are coming out uh, to sell to the ag uh, industry with uh, either out uh, lack of knowledge of that. Um, uh, and, and it's just the, the the economics just just haven't worked. So I think, you know, one, one thing is, um, uh, understanding the industry that you're actually trying to address. But the second one is just uh, has been a really a natural evolution of the technology itself and um, technologies that are being used for all kinds of other applications, whether that's, you know, infrastructure, healthcare and others that are just starting to emerge from a from a cost standpoint and irrelevant for agriculture. So, you know, agriculture is an industry. It's, uh, it's one of the hardest industries to actually um, you know, implement, but also one of the most important industries that we have. And a lot of times a grower has very thin margins, a lot of unpredictable uh, elements due to the weather and uh, commodity prices that, you know, that just put growers in a tough position. And, you know, they can do some things to kind of hedge against that by, you know, how they buy contracts or, or what crops they plant. Um, but really, uh, you know, they need better in information. And so, you know, I think what's the, the most exciting kind of recent developments of, of agriculture and, and as you said, it's becoming really ag tech, agriculture is becoming ag tech driven, uh, are access to these technologies. And so, you know, if you think about uh, the types of problems that a grower has access to solve now are, you know, looking at understanding the soil. So soil analytics and, you know, content of nitrogen and other um, beneficial elements of the soil, uh, water management. So how do we optimize irrigation and reduce Disease plant stress? and pestilence, I guess, would be another piece of that. Exactly. Identifying disease. And so, um, you know, identifying disease early and targeting that. And so you'll start to hear words like uh, precision agriculture. And so precision agriculture is really targeting where areas of the field that you need to address are and then implementing uh, processes and tools and technologies to actually um, solve that. And so, yeah, all these tools are becoming better, like um, weather forecasting, actually being able to kind of predict uh, how, you know, weather and getting access to historical and future weather information. Um, but then I think one of the areas or the primary area that, that we play in as a company uh, is really sensors. So using new sensors. So IoT sense, well, I, I've listened to some of your past podcasts. We don't do just uh, initialisms or acronyms without fine. So internet of things sensors, right? Uh, so that can be, 
anything from spaceborne satellites to drones to robotics, you know, autonomous robotics that have sensors and uh, all the way down to, you know, mobile phones, mobile devices yeah. as well. And so as the cost of these and availability of just these general technologies have gotten cheaper, now we're starting to see some more grower centric uh, platforms that really eliminate uh, a, a large expense for this technology. Um, and the last thing I'll say is, you know, we we really focus on, you know, how can we deliver a product, whether that's a software with, with, with an algorithm embedded or uh, a mode to, for data capture without having to have the grower purchase something that they don't already own for another reason. So um, we'll talk maybe a bit about smartphones. You know, we can do a lot with the sensors that are now uh, embedded in a smartphone. So the optical stack of, a, of an iPhone 12 Pro here. Um, if we can use that as a data collection device and that farmer grower uh, or conservationist can use it for other purposes, then we've eliminated that you know, economic barrier for data capture and for analytics. Um, same with satellites. You, know, you see new constellations going up and new announcements happening weekly. So how can we use those combined approach, approaches of you know, earth observation data that's readily available uh, combined with tools that they already have in their pocket uh, or sensors that are becoming I mean, available on a tractor or a uh, piece of irrigation equipment that they already own. Um, so I think that level of approach, uh, not making a, the farmer actually come out of pocket for a large capital expense, it's really going to help them get access to information without really um, breaking up the economics of that farming operation. Well, that makes so that makes so much sense because what we're really talking about is like you have the input tech, whether it's satellites, drones, robotics, or these IoT sensors, right, or your phone. And then the service that a lot of ag tech companies are providing besides those sensors and things on the input are in fact going to be the platform technology or the platform, you know, that allows, you know, 3D point clouds and smartphone integrations and readouts and all these things that do the things that you're talking about, whether that's carbon, you know, monitoring and even certification or the soil or the yields or the, the diseases. I mean, when you showed me the model that Agrotech has you know, on the citrus fruits, which is, I think, where you guys, you know, came, came to start, be, yeah. you know, these 3D models of a particular tree that a farmer then can have access to, to understand all of these things that really is about, I mean, at the end of the day, the impact or the transformative power of ag tech when used correctly is actually crops for food serves and benefits all of humanity, right? I mean, we need to eat and we need more fresh and we need more, <laughs> we need a lot more. So that's really seems to be the problem that's being solved. However, I mean, let's talk about AgriPoint for a second because I think the technology is unique and you know, kind of this geospatial intelligence data, et cetera. Talk sure. about like a case study, for instance, of the agronomic transformation that is in, in, empowered to say a mid-sized farm. Yeah, uh, so I think first maybe defining kind of what we do in that area of, that we play in and maybe a couple of the enabling technologies, but. Uh, AgriPoint really focuces on how we measure. So in, to, in order to uh, understand the, the impact of a decision a, a grower is making uh, or the efficacy of a new genetic or crop protection product from a research and development organization, you have to have measurements. And so some of these IoT sensors like satellites and drones, et cetera, they're very, they've been providing a lot of promise, uh, especially at the field level or macro level. But what AgriPoint's really focus on uh, is, is measurements at the plant level. And so um, we're building a spatial data platform for agriculture and climate insights. But the key enabler is a precision, precise, like automated 
plant level analytics. And you know, you, you mentioned 3D models. So we're literally creating three-dimensional models. Um, and then we're taking the digital twin concept out of uh, you know, the, the infrastructure world and the built environment and applying that to agriculture. And so you know, once we have that kind of truth of record, uh, we can do all kinds of fun things with it. We can give it a home, give it an address, a geolocation using GPS and um, um, real-time kinematic technology to very precisely know where that plant is, track it year over year, throughout the season um, and then use machine learning technology to actually rip a bunch of information right off of that. So how tall is that plant? Um, what's the canopy structure look like? What's the biomass look like? Um, where is fruit? How much fruit? Um, and how big is that fruit? Does that fruit fit through production equipment that the grower owns or that a you know, large food and beverage company owns? So um, we're, we're essentially we're taking what in the past was either lack of available data or taken through manual measurements or through two dimensional types of views. And we're turning that into um, really rich data, almost like creating an MRI type technology instead of an X-ray um, that we can get this really rich data set on. So that's really the first thing that we do. And then the second piece is how do we manage it? Um, so we have this spatial management data management platform that can be viewed on um, you know, desktop or a, or a phone um, to really organize these digital twins and extract information off of it. And so you know, our thought is that we, have, we can give this information directly to the growers that they can actually capture themselves or tax and access through other means um, or that's coming direct, yeah, directly from the equipment that they're using. Um, and uh, help them solve these problems. And so, you know, some of the problems you mentioned, if you want to get into like very specific cases are, uh, you know, holy grail of agriculture many times is, is yield estimation and prediction. So, you know, what um, for, for a specific plant or row or area of the field, how much fruit do they expect to have? And then, you know, there's all kinds of downstream supply chain implications for that. Uh, so it's quantity of fruit and it's quality of fruit. Um, and, and I think the, the other element of that is, you know, if you talk to uh, anyone in agriculture right now, especially production agriculture, one of the largest problems is labor. It's like labor, labor, labor. So if we can provide better information to either, well, for one, like reduce the amount of like diseases that uh, or catch them early. But I think for from a harvest standpoint, um, understand when to deploy labor, where to deploy labor, and you know help you know certain parts of the field get harvested and picked um, to reduce spoilage. Like a large uh, element of food waste in the food supply chain is literally spoilage that happens in the field before the harvest. Field. Like, 30 to 40% in some cases. So, um, and if you think about doing, you know, your carbon or sustainability calculations, like what's the impact of that alone, yeah. right? How much water did you have to use for, you know, those almonds or those uh, blueberries? It's waste. It's exactly, it's waste yeah. and it's, it's unforeseen in the retail. Then you have this whole other kind of, you know, uh, applicative effects as you go through the retail chain when, um, you know, when it hits the shelves or then after, you know, it doesn't get, um, eaten from the plate. So, um, so we're trying to help solve some of those problems with better information um, through, you know, better sensors, cheaper available access to sensors, and then um, summarizing this data in ways that you can, you can, um, you can Act interpret it. Like, I mean, that's the thing with data sometimes is we have so much data. It's like, then what do you do with it? And this seems very action oriented. What I find really interesting about what we're talking about with ag tech is it's so obvious that it has applications across the entire value chain. 
applications, but as well as implications. And I'm thinking about, you know, you have suppliers, you have suppliers of the kind of, let's call it raw ingredients for, for, you know, seed fertilizer, you know, tractors, et cetera. So you have an implication there. You have an implication, obviously, with the growers themselves, a big one. That's like where you guys are focused. And that's an obvious uh, point of reckoning, whether you're small, mid or, or, or large scale. Then you have the manufacturers, as you said, the food and beverage companies themselves, right? And then you have the consumer. I mean, I think as you know, we're, we're we're taking a little stab here, Kevin. As I said, we're gonna try. We're trying. I'm trying to start wrapping these up shorter than I usually do. So I find myself like, you know, struggling a little bit. But I want to talk about the consumer because the, the consumer piece of this and the implication. I mean, I'm thinking about like certification on carbon neutrality, for instance. You know, the promises that people are making. How are you using soil? What kinds of things are you putting in? I mean, there's so much talk about how tech can enable transparency and accountability in, in terms of sustainability writ large. Like, how do you see ag tech helping and contributing to, to that, if, if at all? Yeah, I think that's one of the most exciting pieces. It's you're, you're doing two things. You're providing better information to the consumer to make better choices about their food. Um, and then also, also you're holding the, you know, the whole supply chain accountable. And I, and I don't think it's really holding the, the, the farmers accountable. You know, I think that they're, you know, a lot of times doing the, the right thing, um, but they're not getting the, a lot of times the premium that they're putting on for doing those right things, right? They're getting the, you know, great farmers are getting lumped in with maybe large operations um, that aren't, you know, as attentive to detail or food quality. So um, this real targeted type of valuation of quality of crops and growing practices practices um, is really, I think, beneficial to uh, really align the value back where it should be. Um, and then, yeah, you mentioned carbon. So um, pretty much every Fortune 500 or large company uh, that exists today has come out with some type of, uh, you know, net zero goal or target, right? So commitment, yeah. Um, it's great to see that all the, the, the funds that are going behind that, that market and some of the innovation that's happening there. And I really hope this time, and I believe this time, it's going to really, you know, have, provide some real impact. To, to, but um, but the the measurement piece in that whole um, you know marketplace, I think that's a big opportunity that AgTech and and we are as a company even you know using this digital these digital twins of plants. Um, I really think that there's a there's a quite an impact to be had there for the holding folks accountable and um, truly measuring the impact of carbon projects, right? Like, um, you know, is are, are what's planted actually even still there or is, you know, the, the biomass of that that area of plant, um, you know, truly represented into the amount of carbon that 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 land is sequestering. And so, um, you know, big opportunity that um, that we have accountability and then we just have better access to information all across the food value chain. Absolutely. I, it's, it's so fascinating. Kevin, um, there are so many more things that we could touch on in this conversation. We're not going to today. Um, I really appreciate your time and your expertise and congratulations on everything that AgriPoint is doing. It's uh, really, it's, it's pretty exciting stuff. Thanks, Lisa. My pleasure. Um, and for everyone listening to Future of XYZ, if you don't already subscribe, uh, like Kevin just recently did, make sure you do so on YouTube or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Uh, and you can also follow Future of XYZ on Instagram or visit future-of.xyz to learn more, access any of the old episodes, as well as to nominate yourself or someone you know as a future guest. 
You better be as smart and interesting as Kevin. Um, and Kevin, thank you for sharing all your great expertise. And uh, we'll look forward to uh, catching back up with you another time. Sounds great. Thanks again, Lisa. Absolutely. Thanks, everyone. See you next week. Thanks for listening to the Future of XYZ. If you like what you've been hearing, please follow Lisa Grelnick on LinkedIn. Visit future-of.xyz or subscribe to the Future of XYZ podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.